everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 552. Today we're going to take a look at The Arrival. Now, this is, I believe, the first game published from Games Up, but it is a Martin Wallace design, and he's obviously uh, designed and published uh, several games himself. Now, this is a redoing, sort of, of an old game, I believe from the 90s even, called Mordred. Uh, this is not exactly the same as Mordred, but it takes a lot from it, and I think it's sort of a spiritual successor to it for sure. Now, I've not played Mordred, uh, but I do understand that this is going to be a little bit different. Now, the idea of the game is that players will have their own kind of like little kingdoms and sort of, it seems sort of like England, uh, where you have kind of your little outcroppings and you're trying to sort of spread and take control of more territory. But at the same time, there's these demons, they're called Fomoris, that are coming down from the north. Uh, sort of like the Saxons invading England uh, uh, back in history. So I think there's some loose kind of historical association there. But what you're trying to do is get into a certain situation where you can win the game in one of two ways. So you can either win the game by kind of like letting the demons win, but then being in a position to sort of take advantage of that, or you can be kind of more heroic and, or maybe even try to you know, get more territory yourself and then win the game basically through victory points, which are called fame points. So let's take a look at how it actually works and I'll tell you what I think of it. Okay, here you can see just about everything that you get in the game. And the first thing to note, of course, is this big board with this map. You can zoom in a little bit here and see you have different territories. So you've got Tamer here and it's kind of this yellow territory and Numanche over here, sort of this off gray. You've got different little town locations and routes between them. Now, this number here will tell you at the end of the game, possibly, if these are going to be worth two points each. So players are going to have discs that they're going to acquire during the game in their player color. They might be placing discs out. They might be stacking them. You can stack them up to three high, uh, like so. And then you'll be sort of taking control of these areas. So at the end of the game, you're going to get two points for each spot where you have discs at. Uh, the other thing to note here, so we back out just a little bit, you can see some of these places here have ports. And so as you travel from the game, you're going to be sort of like sending your discs out to adjacent territories, but you can also go from port to port. You can see there's a port up there as well. Now to start the game, each player is going to get one disc to put out, and you're going to pick a port city to start in. So maybe these two guys start here. Yellow's feeling kind of frisky, so they're going to start up north. And then, uh, let's see, maybe blue starts on this side there. So you're going to have those out. We'll clear these off. And the other discs that players are going to start off with are going to be here on the corruption track. And depending on the number of players, you might trigger an early end game once a player hits a certain amount of corruption. So on four players, if any player hits that, that's going to be the last round of the game. And then again with three and then two players up there. Now you also have here a fame track on this side. Everybody starts at four because it is possible to lose fame. And then up here you have this round marker. So in a four player game, at most you're going to play four rounds and then a five and a three player and six and a two player. But it's definitely possible to end the game before then. Like I said, if somebody gets super corrupt now up here, at the top of the board, you can see these uh, castle spaces here. And we're going to put these little castle tokens up there. And these are sort of the evil beings that are sending it forth, these demons. They're going to randomly pick some to start the, on the board, but then players are going to start to sort of spread them themselves, which is kind of interesting. But you're going to hopefully try to spread them towards opponents, but sometimes you might just try to spread them towards yourself so you can actually do combat with them and beat them. A couple things to notice here, if we look at this, 
You can see this is sort of the combat rating. You need two combat to beat that. Here is the victory points you can get for it, or you have the choice of lowering your corruption there uh, by one. Now players are each going to get a card in their player color. So if you're the green player, you'll get this card. And then you're also going to get two of these little pawns here. And you can also notice this little treasure chest there. This shows you can store three items round over round. I'll explain that more in a minute. Now the start player is going to get uh, this little card here. This is going to kind of walk you through some of the phases of the game, but also acts as a start player. And then there are these overview cards here which show you what to do. Now the first thing you're going to do is go through what's called the earning phase. This is one of the most interesting parts of the game. Uh, you can have these three somewhat equally shuffled uh, decks of cards, but there's going to be a mix of all three of the card types that you see here. So if we go through this deck here, you can see this one, okay, this is going to give us some combat tokens and maybe some shields. This one will favor more expansion of putting our discs out. Uh, this one will give us uh, victory points and also these special tiles, which you can see there. But you're going to shuffle all these together and then players can then choose the top of one of those decks. That's kind of like Bruges if you ever played that, or it kind of also reminds me of a game called Lonehurst slightly. Uh, so the first player will choose this one because maybe they want some combat. The next player will go, eh, well, I'll take the victory point one. And then the next player will choose this one possibly. And you'll keep going around until uh, each player has chosen uh, four total cards. So once that happens, players will move into the next step. And this step can be done simultaneously, and I would say for sure for your first game, do it simultaneously. You might get in a situation at the end of the game where you want to see, because there's certain tokens that you can get uh, that are limited, and so that might change up your mind. But the way that you can play this is everybody will then reveal two cards like this, and this is gonna show you what you're going to collect for that round. However, you have to take one of your pawns and then basically zero out that row. So as we reveal cards, we'll be revealing more, but now we know we're not getting anything in this bottom row. Now the thing to note is if you pick the top row, it's always gonna be like more stuff. You're gonna get more points or more tokens or whatever but it's gonna also have more corruptions. You can see this is one corruption and three corruption. So maybe we don't want a lot of corruption. We'll zero that one out. That's no fun. So we'll zero out this bottom one and then we'll flip the third card. And here we'll say, okay, you know what? That's way too much corruption on top. So I'm gonna go ahead and just put that there. And so now we know we're gonna be getting everything here from the center row. This is a very interesting kind of mechanic because you kind of know what you're gonna get based on the back of the card. Like, you, okay, this is gonna be more points and tiles versus, you know, more discs or more war. Uh, so you have some sense of it, but not exactly knowing what you're gonna get. So in this case, then everybody's gonna collect. So that I would collect in this case, two of these war tokens here, these swords. And I would get uh, three of the tiles and a total of five corruption, which would, if I had, instead of I blocked that out, I would get a, let's see, six, eight, nine corruptions. That'd be a lot of corruption early on. Uh, so you gotta be kind of mindful of that. I would get, let's see, two, four more discs and so on. So what are the things that you can get now? Well, the first thing to note here is you can just get straight up fame points. So these are points and these will just move you up over here on the point track. So that's always very handy. The next thing that you can get here are discs and these are the houses here because you're not going to start with any discs. So if I was say, uh, say I was a green player here and I got a total of some discs, I would take these and then these would be uh, in my uh, collection now to be start putting out onto uh, the board. The next thing I might get, of course, are these sword tokens, which I've talked about. Uh, now these are 
everything is in limited supply here. So if there's not enough sword tokens to pass out, then you're gonna kind of distribute them out in turn order at this point when you start distributing. So if you committed to a lot of swords and everybody else did, not everybody's gonna get what they wanted. So you've gotta be mindful of that as well. Uh, you may also get here these shields here. So you might collect some shield tokens which you'll be able to place on the board once we move into the action phase. And you're also then going to take possibly uh, these tactic tiles. So if we look up here, you won't have all these displayed at once, but I just set some uh, some out there for an example. Uh, so then you'll be able to take tactic tiles. In this part, you definitely do have to do uh, in turn order. Now there are most to be six out here, uh, but the way that works is, so let's say I had three. So I would take the three that I wanted, and then once I was done choosing, then it would refill, and then the next player that had any tactic tiles that they could take, they would take up, and then you would refill after they were done. There's a variety of things there. Like this one will reduce your corruption by three. Uh, this one will give you uh, two points for every uh, city that you colonize there in Lioness. Uh, a lot of these are going to give you points in different ways, like this is two points for everything in uh, Tured. Um, some of them will give you different special abilities, like this one will allow you to move your pawn sort of after other people do their stuff. This one will give you some points based on where you're at in turn order and so on. But a lot of victory points are going to come out of that, and that's something to be in, uh, in mindful of. And when you get these tiles, you can activate these and spend these sort of outside your normal two actions that you get on your turn. And sometimes you want to hold on to these until it's optimal. So like maybe you don't have anybody in Tamer and other players do. So you might take this and say, okay, now I'm going to kind of work and build towards that. Or you may just take it to be a kind of a jerk. And so, you know, somebody's going to get a lot of points. You're like, oh, I'm just going to take that because there's nothing else really interesting. Uh, so that's how the tiles work. Now, the last thing to know here is this corruption. So this is going to move you up on the corruption track but it's also going to give you uh, these face down Fomori. So you're gonna draw these from a face down uh, pile and you'll be able to look at these. And these are the Fomori that you're going to get to place and you must place um, during your turn at some point. And so these are different demons here. So like this one's one combat, one point. This one's two combat, three points and so on. So you're gonna be placing these on the board in the action phase, which we'll talk about now. So on your turn, you get two actions, except the first round, everybody just gets one action. Uh, so what are the things that you can do? The first thing you can do is put a disc out. So this is called build a fortification. So there's a couple ways you can do it. You can just stack it on a disc like that. Now you can at most have a stack of three, but these are just more heavily defended and harder to destroy and so on. So you can build those up like that. Now you can also build one in an adjacent spot here. So if you're in the, uh, the city here like that you can start to build outwards from there as long as you have a you know contiguous line uh, you can also go from port to port so if we start in this port we can say oh i'm going to jump away over here and let's see we'll start down here you know so we can kind of skip around a little bit like that so that's the build fortification part you can place a shield in a region so maybe we'll put a shield here in this whole region you can only ever have at most three shields uh, in a particular province there and I'll explain what they are in a minute. Now, the last two actions are very much coupled together. You can either place the Fomori out, these demons, you can either place them or fight them. Now, how does this work? Well, you're going to take the demons out here and you're going to put them and start to just place them adjacent either to a pre-existing demon or from the castles. So like we could put this here and maybe, you know, the next action we put one out here and then the next player kind of daisy chains it over here. Now let's say yellow was right down here. If you wanted to destroy yellow, and you could even destroy yourself, you will take one, and then you need at least one to discard per disc that's there. So I need to have to discard one, 
and then I will put the second one out. So it's kind of like n plus one. So this is zero plus one because there's no discs. So you would just put one out. But this one, you need one to discard, sort of to fight and kill that off, and then another one to come in. Now, if there were two yellow discs here, I would need to discard two to kill those off, and then a third. And it's you have to do it all in one action. You can't do it like over time. It's possible to get in a situation as the board fills up that you can't place any of your Fomori because you know that maybe there's a ton of discs out here and there's nowhere to place any new ones at that point. You don't have to place it out. You'll end up just discarding it. Uh, but that's one way to destroy your stuff or even somebody else's stuff. Oh, I almost forgot to tell you what the shields do. Uh, so when somebody is starting to spread the Fomori, you can see, of course, you need one, two to kill off those cities. Then you need another one for each shield. So if there were two shields and then two cities here, it would cost you four plus a fifth one to place there. So you would need a lot of demons to take over you know, anything in this region if these shields were here like that. Now, the other thing you could do is you could fight them. So let's say yellow was here and they wanted to fight this guy here. So as long as they're adjacent, uh, then they can just discard a sword or however many swords is required. So in this case, you only need one and you could kill that. And then you will get either the victory points or reduce your corruption by one. Now you could also fight anything that's in the same province as you. So we're here now we can't fight the guy in the adjacent province, but we can fight these guys here. So it's the same idea. You can just discard swords and then kill those off. Now, if you wanted to fight somebody in an adjacent province, you can do that, but you're going to lose two fame points here on the fame track. So sometimes I might behoove you to do that uh, because you know you might get more points from this or you might want to sort of clear up space so that you can move in and so on, but you can jump ahead and clear those off. You're just gonna have to use, lose two fame points to fight anybody in the adjacent region. Now the last thing you can do is pass, but you can't pass uh, unless you can't physically place any Fomori or you've placed all your Fomori. So you can pass as long as there's no Fomori that you can legally place. Now it is also possible to work your way up here to the top of the board and fight these castles. You can see you get a lot of points for them. And you can also uh, use the castle for an ability and that will allow you to discard up to three Fomori from your supply back into the general supply so you don't actually have to play them. But you do get a lot of points for them as well. So at the end of the round, you're gonna to have to discard all the tiles except for if you have any castle tiles or these tactic tiles, you can keep as many of these uh, as you want. But in terms of the swords, the shields, and your little building discs, you can only keep up to three of them. So you can have any combination. So you have three shields or one of each or three cities or whatever. Um, so you have to only keep three things uh, into your next round. So one thing you might do, just a little strategy hand, is keep three swords because the swords are gonna be uh, somewhat limited sometimes. So how is that game actually going to end? Well, we talked about that. If we get to a certain number of rounds or one of the players gets to X corruption, then that's gonna trigger the last round. And then you're gonna have one of two possible victory conditions. You're gonna count up all the spaces that have the demons and then all the spaces that have the discs. If the, there are more demon spaces than discs, then the player with the lowest corruption down here is going to be the winner. If there's a tie, whoever has the most fame wins. If there are more discs than demons, then you're gonna look at the victory uh, based on the fame points. So you're gonna look at where you're at on the fame points currently, and then again, you're going to add points for where you have the discs out here. So one point for everything in here, two, one, two. And then of course, as you get higher up here, these are gonna be worth more points. So four, three, three, and so on. Uh, so you're gonna add those up, 
And then you're also going to add up any of these extra tokens that you have, uh, of course, after the last pass. So you up to three of these and maybe any other tactic tiles that you didn't use. Uh, for every three of those things, you're gonna get an extra point as well. Okay, so that is the arrival. Uh, the first thing I wanna talk about is a player count. Now, I wouldn't play this with two players. It's just a little bit too zero-sum uh, based on, you know, number of discs out and the number of the of demons out. So it's still sort of kind of interesting because the whole action selection is really cool with the whole, you know, marking off the cards. That part is awesome. I love that. But you don't have that crazy tension at the end game. And I think really at the end of the day, you want to play this with the full four players because you've got multiple players at different points in the game kind of pushing and, and coaxing for different types of end games. You might have somebody drive up the corruption, uh, you know, really quickly and, you know, try to trigger that because, and this is the weird part, is they kind of want to win by points because if you have the highest corruption, you're not going to win if there's so many of the, uh, you know, demons out that the lowest corruption wins. So the lowest corruption kind of wants the demons to win. So it's this reverse thing. It was just really crazy. So the first time we played it, we we're like, oh, this game's kind of weird, you know, we kind of move around. But then at the end, we're like, oh, wow. So it's this whole tension of like, how much do I expand? How much do I push the corruption to try to, uh, you know, kill a bunch of demons? Because maybe you want to get a whole bunch of swords or something or spread out really far and you don't care about the corruption. Uh, but you've got, to, you've got to sort of engage with that to be able to win the game like the good guy way with the fame points. Where you can kind of play sneaky and play, you know, in the backseat a little bit and try to, uh, you know, let them win but then remain really low on the corruption. So it's a real interesting sort of tension between those two things. And it really kind of reminds me of a study in Emerald, which is a newer design uh, for Martin Wallace. And this is kind of a, an older one. So I don't know how much this is like Mordred or not, but it's a real interesting sort of switch that starts to happen as the rounds kind of unfold. And you, you know, do you worry more about killing the monsters or expanding and getting lots of points in the different areas? Because you can get a ton of points at the end of the game for controlling you know, the different regions and stuff. Um, and the, the interesting thing about like the limited supply of the swords specifically, but everything and getting at those you know, sword in the, in the right moment and getting enough of those to go after the demons and maybe even get up to the castles. Uh, the, there's a lot of points in the special bonus tiles that you can get, which will kind of, you know, add to a, kind of a way to get victory. You know, how far up do you push up? Do you kind of just hang back and take over a bunch of territory at the bottom? Or do you be more aggressive? And, you know, making use of the ports, it makes this area kind of really dynamic. And then the whole action selection thing <laughs> with, the, you know, marking the cards off, that's really kind of cool. That might be maybe a frustrating part for people because it really does kind of randomize all the resources you get. So you might be like, oh, I didn't want to get this much corruption or I wanted to get a lot of swords and I didn't, even though I drew cards with swords on it. Or you may not see the cards when it's your turn to pull off that deck. If you don't like that kind of randomness, uh, that might irk some people. That's one complaint that I've heard of folks that I've played it with. But um, I don't mind that because it's, it's sort of a push your luck mechanism. You know kind of what you're getting and what you can go for. I never really felt like it dictated what I could do necessarily. I mean, it's certainly limited to a degree, but it was still more interesting for me once you got into the action phase of, you know, where do I place, where do I send them? Do I try to, you know, kill Billy, send them over there and kind of beat them back, which will clear space for me to get in there, you know, and that whole dynamic there. And then that's a real interesting thematic idea is like, hey, demons, go kill Johnny over there and not me. And, you know, and then how much do I build up versus do I build out? So it's just a lot of dynamic stuff that's going to happen. And you really want, I think, the full player count for that. Uh, because 
it's kind of interesting with two, but the end game, it gets super county, where it's like, and it can still get county with more players, but it's just a lot more dynamic with all those extra players uh, in the mix. So I definitely recommend this game uh, highly. It's a very, very interesting uh, from like a design perspective and how you get actions and, and all the tokens and kind of the dynamics of sort of like switching teams in a way. So it's really cool. Um, not really played anything quite like this, although it does in that regard kind of remind me a little bit of study in Emerald. But I mean, the game mechanics are so different that it kind of doesn't. <laughs> so I, I definitely re recommend folks take a look at this one. Thanks.